Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Good morning, everybody. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Hope everybody's Saturday is off to a uh, blazing fast start. We got a big day in sports. NBA playoffs day one are always tremendous, right? The games start early. It's back to back to, I think there's four games today. and Right, Sam? And then five tomorrow. It's just awesome. Now, the first few days, listen, this is a marathon, the NBA playoffs. Pace yourself, people. You can't watch every game. We we know that. So uh, it, it it's a fun time with the playoffs starting today. I'm actually going to start the show with the NFL because there was some big news yesterday. And I want to, uh, you know, I like to bring things into your life so you can get an easier perspective of, of how I'm viewing these things. And I know there's a bunch of dudes out there listening right now that have been in a relationship with a girl. You know, you're dating somebody, and you know it's not going anywhere. It's, it's The relationship is dead on arrival. But for some reason, you just you don't have the guts to break up with her. Sam, I know you've been there, right? Iowa Sam, our music man here. It's like 
you you should break up with your friends. Are like, man, this isn't gonna work. But you just you can't do it. So what do you do? You double down. You move in with her. Come on, maybe this will help things. And what happens? You move in with her, and you know, within weeks, okay, it's just totally imploding. Man, I made a bad decision. Why didn't I do this earlier? And this is how I'm looking at the Cowboys break up with Des Bryant. I think Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys absolutely botched this move. This was a horrendous decision. Now, uh, but before you freak out, I'm not defending Des Bryant. I think the move should have been earlier in free agency. First week, you go to Des and you rip that Band-Aid off. Des, this is what we want to do. You don't wait a month. I mean, what on earth is Jerry Jones thinking? Listen, they had a great ride receiver. Des Bryant was great. He, in, in that three-year window, he was tremendous. Top three receiver in the league, top five. That's not him anymore. And that's why the Cowboys misplayed this situation. It was horrible. It, I thought this was a, an embarrassment for the franchise. It has me a little worried about Dallas heading into 2018. I was bullish. Remember, this team two years ago looked like a Super Bowl contender. And I thought they were headed back there this year. And then for them to wait this long, to cut Des Bryant. Let, let me explain why they messed this up, okay? Des is 29. I'm not saying he's washed up, but his numbers have been so meek for the last three years, since that injury in 2015. Again, this is a guy, last season he had 69 catches, 838 yards, and six touchdowns. Do you know how mediocre those numbers are? For, for a guy who's paid as a top five receiver? Okay, you guys know I'm a Jets fan. Jermaine Curse of the Jets had 65 catches, 810 yards, five touchdowns. That is barely a tick below Des Bryant. Jermaine Curse of the Jets, 2.2 million against the cap. Des Bryant, 13 million last year. The guy's paid like a top five receiver, and he's not even producing on a top 20 level. So we've se- we saw this coming. Everybody did. Okay, and yes, I know the Des Bryant defenders, and trust me, they're out there. The Des Bryant truthers who love to throw up the X and act like Des Bryant's the man. Listen, I get it. The offensive line was banged up. The Ezekiel Elliott suspension hurt the running game, and defenses could focus, uh, you, you know, uh, on Des. But let's be real. De- Des is a shell of himself. Now, there's there's a small chance that I think he rebounds next year. I'll get to that in a minute. I don't think he's totally done. I don't think he's washed, but he's close. But the move here for Dallas was to do what the Green Bay Packers did with Jordy Nelson. Remember Jordy Nelson? Opening salvo of free agency. We're cutting Jordy Nelson. Whoa, what? Bit of a shocker, right? Jordy Nelson, though, 32, starting to decline a little bit, but he's buddies with Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Jordy Nelson isn't going to the sideline pouting. He's not yelling at people, get me the ball. He's not a mess in the huddle. Des Bryant's all those things. But the Packers went to Jordy Nelson and said, okay, we're cutting you. Thanks for your service. And guess what? Instantly, the wheels are in motion to upgrade at tight end, and they went and got Jimmy Graham. See how that's done? We're cutting you before free agency begins. Then free agency starts the next day. We have our next step done. Out with Jordy Nelson, in with Jimmy Graham. That's well played. Good job, Packers. Why didn't Dallas do this with Des Bryant? By waiting an extra month, they hurt themselves, and they really hurt Des Bryant, which we'll get to in a second. But 
Imagine that Cowboys war room at the beginning of free agency. I mean, was Jerry Jones even there? (laughs) Was Steven Jones there or was he on vacation? Because go look at the Cowboys' first week of free agency. They did nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, if you want to count releasing Orlando Skandrick, fine. But they made no acquisitions of consequence. A couple small moves for backups and add depth here and there. A couple special team guys. No frontline starters. So I got to ask Jerry Jones, what were you thinking? Stephen Jones, the, the alleged architect of the, of the Dez release, where were you? Imagine if they had gone to Dez like the Packers did with Jordy Nelson and said, Dez, we would like you to take a pay cut. And if Dez Bryant says no, bye. Adios. See you later. Thanks for your service. And that's why I'm hammering Dallas. If, if Dez Bryant was told that and didn't want to take the pay cut, you move on. And then you have as the Dallas Cowboys would, first option of the best receivers on the market. You like Watkins? Make a play for Watkins. You like Allen Robinson? Make a play for Allen Robinson. They would have had options. So now, waiting a month to dump Des Bryant, what are you left with? The scrap heap? I mean, listen, Eric Decker could be a decent red zone option, former Jets receiver. He's still on the market. There's a couple other decent players, but Dallas is not is looking at replacing Des Bryant with what exactly? And if you're out there yelling at me, Jason, it's the draft. Jason, they're going to get it. Okay, you do realize what just happened, right? The entire league saw you dump Des Bryant. The entire league knows you want a wide receiver at 19 in the draft. My last mock draft at the end of March had them going wide receiver Calvin Ridley. So what now happens? You're, you're going to see this. I guarantee you. Sam, I will put some money on the line with you. In the next three or four days, starting today or Monday, whatever you want, you're going to hear reports of wide receivers in the 10 to 18 range. Somebody at 14 loves Calvin Ridley. Somebody loves DJ Moore out of Maryland. Somebody is enamored with Christian Kirk. And you know what they're going to say. Hey, Dallas, that's a sign. Dallas, we're going to take Calvin Ridley 14. Come up and trade or you're not getting the wide receiver that you need to replace Dez. That's going to happen. That's a given. That's what smart teams will do. So Dallas has now no leverage in the draft. Everybody knows you want a receiver. So they're going to pretend like they're drafting one. And try to sucker you into giving up something, an extra third, a fourth, whatever it is, so they can get something out of you. Because you showed your hand so poorly now. Now, again, I, I just I'm not defending Des Bryant. I don't want that to be the takeaway. The takeaway is the Dallas Cowboys screwed this up royally. Okay? Now, if if you want to say they're angry at Des, they wanted to stick it to Des Bryant, well then yeah, sure, I can buy that. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to stick it to somebody who's been with your franchise that long. That seems kind of, you know, mean-spirited and could play badly for you down the road. But, you know, I I looked at the dead money. If the Cowboys, and this according to various reports, if the Cowboys had waited until after June 1st to cut Des Bryant, all his dead money, $8 million, wouldn't be on the books this year. They could spread it over the next two years. Now, someone texted me last night, well, Jason, that could be a sign they want to be major players next year. They're not going to be major players this year. Next year, maybe they want to go all in after a superstar, and and that's possible. 
Now look at it quickly from the Des Bryant point of view. How angry are you? The market is so depressed. Everybody spent all their free agent money. So all of a sudden, here you are, Des Bryant. All right, I'm going to stick it to the Cowboys. I'd love to go to the Eagles. Uh, they have no money. All right, I'll go to the Redskins. Okay, let's check on their money situation. The Patriots have spent a lot of their money. Now, if you're Bill Belichick, this is classic Belichick, is it not? Bill Belichick, hey, um, Des, you got a lot to prove. We'll give you a one-year deal on the cheap. Prove it, uh, incentive-laden. You get, get a chance to stick it to Dallas and get a huge contract the next year. Remember, Belichick shops in the bargain bin. Randy Moss was had for a fourth-round pick in a trade. Randy Moss blew up, absolutely dominated in New England. Does, does Des, Bryant, Des Bryant to the Patriots make any sense to you? I, I don't. At this point, I don't know. Des Bryant is grasping at straws. Remember, the Chiefs paid Sammy Watkins. Is, is he that much better than Des Bryant? Paul Richardson got 40 mil from the Redskins. He is a nice player in Seattle. Is Paul Richardson better than than Des Bryant? I, that's all up for debate. But if I'm Des Bryant, you know, and he 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 a classic Des Bryant last night on NFL Network. Well, I, I don't want to blame anybody. And then he proceeds to totally uh, take shots at Jason Garrett and Garrett's guys, which he's he's calling Jason Witten, I guess here, uh, and guys who have been with the franchise for a while. But I just can't get over how badly Dallas botched this. Just like in that relationship, guys, if you're uncertain, don't just stick it out to stick it out. Rip that Band-Aid off. Get the hell out of Dodge. If it's not working out now, it's not going to magically work out down the road. And the Cowboys knew this for months. You could see this playing out during the season. Dallas totally botched this. And listen, I, I like Dak Prescott. I like Ezekiel Elliott. I like Jerry Jones as a businessman. But you know me, guys. I, I said on the show, I believe two weeks ago, I am not a sports tribalist. I will not just stick by Jerry Jones because I liked a bunch of business decisions he's made in the past. He's ruthless. He's cunning. I like a lot of the stuff Jerry Jones does. I did not at all like what he did with Des Bryant. So we started the show with NFL today. Uh, we got a great uh, former Cowboy great showing up here in about 15 minutes. He happens to be a former Cowboy wide receiver, so we'll get into some Des Bryant stuff. Obviously, lots of NBA playoffs today. Listen, you guys know I am one of the biggest Warriors fans out there, okay? I am president of the Steph Curry fan club. I've called him the second best point guard in NBA history. That is an irrefutable fact, okay? I love Curry and the Warriors. My kids have Warrior uh, jerseys of Curry. I'm very very worried about the first round of the playoffs and then the rest of them too. And I'm going to explain why the Golden State Warriors, they're in some trouble. That's next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. I don't know this one, Sam. What do we got? This is a hot new track. Um, this is not new. With uh, It's it's a Bruno Mars featuring Cardi B. It's the remix of Oh, this of is Finesse. the Cardi B. Yes. I was having a discussion with Christine Leahy at FS1 this week about Cardi B. I saw uh, her perform perform one song live at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. How was she? Uh, she was good. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of her. She's, I think, she's got some weird habits, uh, the, the noise making and stuff. But the kids really love her, Jason. They do. They, they do. do indeed. I, I is it the stripper background? Is that what it is? Or? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. She's just a different cat. Okay, I'll take your word. But you know what? This is a hot track. Got to play it. Don't hit me up on social media. How do you not know Cardi B? I Here's my thing, Sam, about music. And you know I have a lot of blind spots in music. When I see every single person on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, pumping up somebody, I just tune it out. I'm like, no, no, not for me. Yeah. I totally. have a history of zigging when everybody else is zagging. Do you like to treat music like a, a wine, let it age a little bit before you come I, around? Th- extremely well go. said, Sam. Yes. And I also, if I'm out at a bar, if I hear a song, I'll be like, this is an awesome song. And they'll be like, yeah, that that's two years old. I'm like, well, five it's years cool ago, right, right now. Yeah. That's all I care yes. about. Totally. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, just to quick, quickly put a bow on Des Bryant. It hit me during the break. Do you know who's happy that the Cowboys waited until now to release Des Bryant? You want to take a guess, Sam? There's no way you'll guess it. Roger Goodell. You, did you read the stories this week about Eric Reed and the anthem and Colin Kaepernick and the anthem? That stuff was back. And then all of a sudden, boom, Friday, it's gone. So Roger Goodell probably put in a nice little text message to Jerry. Thank you for waiting. I mean, nobody's talking about Colin Kaepernick now. That's off the table. It's all about Des Bryant. I don't know if there's anything there, but to me, Roger Goodell is, is, is thankful. All right, so I told you that I have some concerns about my Golden State Warriors. And the reason is the number four. This is easy to explain. I I, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but here's how you need to look at the super team era. I'm going to start with the Celtics in the 80s. In the fourth year, right? 1984, Celtics won the finals. 1985, they lost the finals. 1986, they won the finals. 1987, trying to get to the finals for the fourth straight year. What happened? Lost in the finals in the fourth year. They never got back there. Larry Bird never got back to the finals in the 80s after his fourth straight trip. So four is the magic number. Let's fast forward to Kobe and Shaq. Three straight years, win the finals, beat the Pacers, Sixers, Nets. What happened in the fourth year? lost in the conference semifinals to the Spurs. Okay, they only won 50 games that year. I know Shaq missed some games early, but the fourth year is the magical number. Now, the Lakers did get back in year five. They famously lost to the Pistons and then blew up the team. It's tough to get to the finals four straight years. And finally, so I said the 80 Celtics, 2000 Lakers, Kobe and Shaq, the Miami Heat, LeBron James. What happened? In year four. They only won 54 games. Were the second seed. Struggled by the Pacers in the Easter Conference Finals. Remember when Paul George and LeBron went at it. And they were dusted. And I mean absolutely dusted. In the finals by the Spurs. Here is how badly the Heat lost in the finals in year four. They lost by 15. They lost by 19. They lost by 21 and 17. That's a tired team. Guys. I, I'm telling you, the magic number here to be fearful of if you're a Warriors fan is four. This is this is a scary thing right now, but the history says getting back to the finals four straight years is very, very difficult. Michael Jordan famously went there three times, left to play baseball. 
year and a half out, then came back for another three, and then he was exhausted and done. Four straight years is very difficult. I mean, I have some legitimate concerns about the Warriors. Listen, are they going to beat the Spurs? I mean, is Kawhi Leonard playing? I don't know. I mean, we've heard nothing on the Kawhi front. I don't know if he shows up. Uh, I'm also going to add this. I don't like the the timing of their first game. They play at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. Oh, this is even tough for me to say. Last year in the playoffs, the Warriors had two day games. Game one against Portland, where they struggled for 40 minutes and pulled away late to win. And game one against the Spurs, where they were down 20 in the third quarter, and then Kawhi got hurt and the Warriors got lucky to win. Bottom line, two day playoff games last year, and the Warriors were struggling badly in both of them. Now, they opened the postseason with a million questions in a day game against the best coach in the NBA and Greg Popovich. I, I, I'm, I'm not advocating gambling on the playoffs, guys. I, I think it's just crazy because, I mean, it's just so, you just have no idea who who's healthy at this point. Honestly, that's the biggest concern heading into the playoffs. No Curry, no Kawhi. John Wall's coming back off injury. What's Chris Paul's health status? He's missed a bunch of games. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is out for the Pelicans. There's just so many injuries in the league. You got a suspension to one of the Wizards bench players. You got Joel Embiid questionable. We don't know what his his status is. He's not playing in game one for sure. But I just, a lot of questions. I don't, I don't like gambling on the NBA playoffs as such. Of course, I'm going to give out three gambling picks for you here. Just this weekend. Right, ready to write these down? Spurs plus whatever against the Warriors. I just teased that one. I'm taking the Wizards plus whatever against the Raptors. By the way, the Raptors have lost seven straight game ones in the playoffs. If this game's tight in the fourth quarter, here we go again. You know those Canadian fans. They they're gonna get tense, and I wouldn't be shocked if DeRozan and Lowry are like, oh my gosh, here we go. So I like the Wizards getting points. And I'm actually, this is a tough one. I'm taking the Miami Heat and the points against the Sixers. Ben Simmons' first playoff game. Now listen, I've, I've been gassing up Ben Simmons on my Instagram account, on social media, and, and people are like, you're going overboard, Jason. And, and the fact of the matter is I'm not. Ben Simmons is a transcendent player, 21 years old. And he is already a top 20 player in the NBA. That's a fact. I'm not, I'm not even, not exaggerating. Ben Simmons can play... Five positions on defense. He can guard anybody. Bigs, point guards, shooting guards, you name it. He'll defend anybody. There's a chance he could be third-team All-NBA. This guy had the best rookie season, I believe, since Magic Johnson entered the league. Simmons put up, I think, 16-8-8. And most importantly, they won, I think, 28 games last year. They won 51 this year. 51 games. Joel Embiid missed over 20 games. And Ben Simmons is the reason they won 51. This guy is incredible, and he has no jump shot. However, I think Spolster is a good enough coach that he's going he's gonna to say, you know what, let's try something on Ben Simmons. Let's give him any shot he wants outside of 12 feet. Any, anything. Play off him, play the drive, and let's see what he does. And Ben will probably defer, and if Covington and J.J. Redick and these guys are not hitting, 
I think Miami could be uh, Philadelphia could be in trouble. So I like Miami in the points. That see, that series scares me only because I love watching Ben Simmons and I want to see Embiid. And frankly, if, if the East is kind of devoid of stars with Kyrie Irving being out for the playoffs, I want Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid making a run. I'd love to see them against LeBron in the in the conference finals. I just I'm a little worried. This Miami Heat team is dangerous. And uh, let's get it done, Sixers. So just to, just to wrap it up, Golden State Warriors, 29 games. That's all that KD, Curry, Dre, and Clay Thompson have played together this year. That's it. I'm telling you guys, the fourth year getting to the finals really wears you down mentally, physically, you name it. Now, I know people will say, well, Durant, this is only his second. That's fine. But the other three guys, the bench has been depleted. They're starting Quinn Cook, everybody. This guy was a D-League player at the beginning of the season. Quinn Cook. McCaw's out. Igudala's hurt. Everybody's banged up. I I, I love the Warriors. I think the NBA needs them in the finals, but I'm very concerned. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. At least one Cowboys legend is upset about Des Bryant getting the boot in Texas. I'll tell you why coming up next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Good morning, Jason. The magical journey of the expansion Vegas Golden Knights continued Friday night in double overtime of Game 2 of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the L.A. Kings. Neil weaving right up to the blue line. Has two men with him to the right side. Howell gets down low. He scores! Eric Howell wins it! The call on KRLV, Vegas leads the series 2-0. Baseball Friday night, Daniel Descalso homered and drove in four runs in the Diamondbacks' 8-7 win over the Dodgers. Arizona off to the best start in franchise history at 10-3. Today, the NBA playoffs tip off at 3 p.m. Eastern with the Warriors hosting the Spurs. And finally, Jason, Deion Sanders just tweeted the following, quote, All athletes, please understand this is a business first. Nothing comes before the business part of professional sports. You can be a fan favorite, a team captain, a blessing to the community, and a darn good player, but please remember it's business first. Hashtag truth, unquote. Now, the reason that tweet is notable is that it was just retweeted by LeBron James, who added, quote, preach primetime. Once you understand that, you'll be better off. Hashtag facts. Hashtag handle your business, unquote. Now, I'm guessing maybe that has to do with Des Bryant, but fortunately, Jason, I'm sure no one out there will try to read anything into LeBron. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Isaac, come on. You can't drop that. So what are you insinuating? That LeBron is sending a message to the Cavs that this is just a business? It could be about Des Bryant, but LeBron, as you've talked about before, he knows that any time he tweets anything or says anything publicly, it's going to be subtexted and interpreted word by word and letter by letter. Okay, so well, Isaac, I'm putting you on the spot. Is LeBron coming back to Cleveland? Oh, no, he's not coming back. <laughs> okay, good. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. All right. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. 
It's so funny. Uh, Sam, I keep saying this every week. I'm not going to go on social media during the commercial breaks. I'm not going to. I accidentally just, out of habit, typed in Twitter. First thing I see, are the Warriors going to have a fire sale if they don't win the fight? What do you mean, people? A fire sale? Look what you've done, Jason. Steph Curry. What? what you're going to dump Steph Curry? No. Well, you can't dump any of these guys. Come on, they're on the books. Now, is Draymond maybe not going to get his big contract? That's possible. Is Clay maybe thinking about going? Is Clay maybe thinking about going to the Lakers? He can't do that right now. Now, Kevin Durant is the interesting one, Sam, and I, I don't want to go down. This seems like a silly rabbit hole, um, but I believe Kevin Durant can opt out and go wherever he wants. And, you know, he kind of exchanged some words with uh, with Steve Kerr recently. And it's not a great look. And I think Durant's got some demons. He's going through some stuff. And and I, I is he going to get through it and, and be fine? Yeah, listen, maybe the regular season just wears people down. And, and mentally he's out of it and there's no Curry. And he's got, you know, 50 million technical fouls this year and Kevin Durant's going through some personal stuff. I don't know. But I I cannot imagine a scenario where Kevin Durant all of a sudden says, we didn't win the finals, I'm out of here. I'm going to go chase a ring somewhere. I mean, Sam, that's not going to happen, right? It's just too soon. We use the word mercenary, right? This would be a bad look. I'm going to go join the 73-win team, and then the second things go awry, I'm out. Like, it's too soon, bro. Yeah. It's like, I, I cannot envision a scenario where Kevin Durant just up and bolts. Now, if there's a fight in the locker room, a massive incident, maybe. But he's in the perfect system. I mean, just because Curry's injured and Clay's been hurt, Draymond, Igudo, everybody's been hurt. I don't think you walk away. Plus, there's the ancillary stuff. Kevin Durant has really embedded himself in the in the Silicon Valley community. He's like on the cover of magazines and he's investing. and so, you, I don't think it just works where you come jump into the community that deep and then bolt in two years. Yeah, I just cannot envision that happening with Kevin Durant. All right, our, our, coming up next, joining the show is a former Cowboy great, Drew Pearson. He's won a, won a Super Bowl. He's in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Drew Pearson joining us live right now. Good morning, Drew. How are you? Hey, Jason, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was doing better before yesterday. <laughs> Everything was going swimmingly, and then the Cowboys decided to up and dump Des Bryant. Now, you've been vocal on social media. Uh, Michael Irvin has chimed in. Deion Sanders. I got to ask, Drew, the one thing that gets my goat, I do not understand. Why now? Why did Jerry Jones... Stephen Jones, Jason Garrett, why did they wait a month after free agency started to dump Des Bryant? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, they seem to do a lot of uh, posturing uh, through this whole process and dealing with Des. And I don't know. It's because it's it because of uh, uh, they were uh, maybe concerned with what Des's reaction might be uh, to what their thoughts are. And what they decided uh, they needed to do, uh, but yeah, that is a mystery. The whole thing uh, leaking out the uh, meeting and the meeting time, the day of the meeting, and all that. Uh, ever since the season ended, 
this has been a whole process of uh, coming to this point of releasing Dez. You know, we said he was the problem with the offense, uh, uh, problems in the locker room. Stephen Jones made comments. Jerry Jones made comments. Jason, uh, Jason Garrett was straddling the fence like he usually does in a situation uh, like this. Uh, and then, you know, all all season long, that's been the topic. What are we going to do with Dez? What are they going to do with Dez? And you're right. They could have nipped this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I think, Jason, that's why Dez is so upset. You know, I think he understands this is a business. He understands the situation. But I think he's upset uh, by the way it's been handled. And I think he's been let down by Jerry Jones of the Cowboys. We're talking with Drew Pearson, uh, three-time Pro Bowler. Former Dallas Cowboy, great. Drew, here's my other thing. If they had made this decision early, first week of uh, free agency, the same way the Packers did with Jordy Nelson, they would have been able to replace Des Bryant with a a top-tier receiver. Hey, maybe they wanted Watkins or Allen Robinson, someone. Maybe they make a play for Jimmy Graham. Who knows, the the great tight end. But they would have had options. When you cut Des Bryant this late in the process, you're looking at scraps, maybe some mediocre number three guys. You know, it limits their options now, and, and frankly, it screws Des Bryant. I mean, a lot of the good teams that maybe wanted a top-tier receiver already spent their money. Yeah, that's that's another thing, and I'm sure Des is upset with that, you know, because if you're going to do it, you could have done it a month ago. And now teams have made moves. They've signed players. Uh, they're pretty much used up their cap, salary cap space for that particular position. So uh, there's limited availability for Dez as far as where he could go and where he could land. So, yeah, you're right. It's uh, something uh, if they would have done it earlier, uh, it would have certainly helped Dez, I'm sure. Uh, But now it pigeonholes us into one way to try to rectify the problem. You know, as you mentioned, all the top-tier receivers are gone. And it wasn't that great of a class anyway. Yep. Uh, but they're all gone, the ones that were on top. You see some of these guys getting the money that they're getting for almost the same production that Dez was yes. uh, putting out there. Uh, but the Cowboys now, I think their focus now for that position is the draft. And whether it be a first round or a second round or a third round pick, they're going to uh, spend a high draft pick on a wide receiver to add to what they have already. I don't think they're satisfied with what they have. Aaron Hearns, uh, Thompson they brought in, and, of course, what they have already in Williams and Beasley and Switzer, Noah Brown, uh, those guys. I don't think they're satisfied, and, and that's good because they need, with Dez gone, uh, there, with Dez here, there was really no competition at the receiver position. With Dez gone, now there's going to be some competition, yeah. and hopefully that will make everybody better. Yeah, but Drew, I, I I don't know how much I... There's no receiver on that Dallas team right now that scares you. Jason Witten, in his advanced age, does not scare you. You're able not to now stack the line a little bit. Now, Dez didn't scare people the last couple of years, but the potential was still there. And this kind of leads me to my final question, Drew. I got to ask you, you know, if, if that game against Green Bay, that playoff game where he caught the touchdown, remember, and it was ruled no no catch, and now this offseason they say, hey, that should have been a catch. If the Cowboys win that game and then win in Seattle, they go to the Super Bowl, 
I think it changes the arc of Des Bryant's career. And I have to ask you, you know, he's only 29. Do you see Des Bryant as an NFL Hall of Famer? Oh, no, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. He's got to add more to what he's accomplished. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't even have as many yards as I had. You know, I played 11 <laughs> years, three more years than him, and I can't get in with 7,822 yards. And so Dez is at 7,400 uh, so yards. So, no, he's not in that class, yeah. and I don't know if they'll ever get in that class. You know, you're right, Jason. Things might have changed in the lives of the Dallas Cowboys, the Dez Bryant, Tony Romo, if they pull off that play and that yeah. if that's a catch and they end up scoring there and end up going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but it didn't. I don't think that is what happened to Dez. I don't think that's what brought Dez down. The injuries are what yeah. is the well, difference I... when Dez from – when he started to where Dez is now. Yeah, I just, you watch those routes. You watch the tapes, Jason. You saw it back in the day. He was he was a big, but he was spry. He was nifty. He was agile. You watch him now. He's a prodder, you know? You yeah. can predict his routes. He takes too much time in and out of the breaks, and a lot of that has to do with the injuries, and they're lower, lower uh, extremity-type injuries for a receiver, that's a cardinal sin. That is the last thing you need. Uh, foot injuries, uh, hamstrings, knees. That's why everybody's talking about Odell Beckham. Should he get the money and oh, all this? Get let no me way. see. Let me see, Jason. Let me see if he can run a route. For yeah. Him. Well the guy said. broke his ankle. Okay. Let me see if he's going to be the same guy. Because you get to a certain point, these injuries accumulate. You got a broken ankle. Now you're compensating for that, and by compensating for that, something else happens. Dez breaks his foot. He compensates for that. And what happens after that? He hurts his knee, yeah. and now he's compounding injuries. So, you know, slow the roll on OBJ as far as money. Let's see if he can run some routes first and be that same guy. But Dez's situation, you know, I think is because of the injuries. That's why he dropped off so so quickly and it was the accumulation of the injuries the foot injury the knee injury and you never recovered from that the year they lost to the Packers Des Bryant 16 TDs yeah. the three years ah. since then he has 17 it's unbelievable well thank you very much Drew Pearson former Cowboy great uh joining the show have a have a great weekend Drew and uh good luck with the Cowboys at the draft you got it Jason anytime thank you coming up next here on the big lead Fox Sports Radio It's maybe my favorite underplayed NBA playoff story. There's a player right now in the league who's going to be in the playoffs. He's got bigger things to worry about than the postseason. That's next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Granger. The products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to to help keep your facility running. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Most fun NBA playoff subplot involves the Cavs, not LeBron, but Tristan Thompson. And no, I'm not bringing it up because Ty Lue said he's probably going with a 10-man rotation, which means no Tristan Thompson. But did you see what happened with Tristan Thompson and his girl this week? So... Remember, Tristan Thompson broke into the NBA and was known as like a blue-collar inside, I'm going to get rebounds, I'm going to defend, I'm a tough guy. 
That's what Tristan Thompson was, the kind of guy who wore, like, Timberlands to work and a flannel, just rugged dude. I'm going in the trenches to go to work. LeBron, He's a LeBron guy. Same agency as LeBron. LeBron knows this is how you're going to get paid. Go be a four. You're not a stretch four. You're a rebounding four. He was a grungy dude, and he got it done. Remember, that finals against the Warriors when the, when the Cavs were down 3-1. I know LeBron averaged a triple-double. Kyrie hit the game-winning shot. But Tristan averaged 10-10 and 10 in that series. After Andrew Bogut got hurt, Draymond had the suspension. Tristan Thompson, I looked this up, 15 rebounds in Game 6. 16, I'm sorry, 15 rebounds in Game 5. 16 rebounds in Game 6. He was a beast. Then Tristan Thompson meets Khloe Kardashian. And what happens? He turns into this guy who just stepped out of a magazine spread. Gone are the Timberlands, replaced by Gucci loafers. Gone is the flannel, replaced by a Tom Ford suit. And all of a sudden, Tristan Thompson is no longer throwing bows inside and defending. He's a soft, pretty boy who is engaged to having a kid with one of the Kardashians. He's a reality TV guy. Steph Curry out-rebounded Tristan Thompson in the 2017 NBA Finals. Thompson has been so marginalized. I mean, if you want to say it's the Kardashian curse, go right ahead. So this week, Khloe Kardashian... She's not Kim, and she's not the other one. She's the kind of the taller one who's dated a bunch of athletes and rappers. She's in the hospital about to give birth, and Tristan Thompson is photographed up in the club, grinding on chicks, going back to his hotel with them. This girl who uh, made her Instagram private, let's just say she's got a lot of attractive things going on. And Tristan Thompson is cheating on his girl who's pregnant, about to give birth. And they blew up a spot. They booed Tristan Thompson at the regular season finale when he took the court. Dude, Tristan Thompson. (laughs) Now, I'm sure there's a large segment of people saying, dude, is he cheating on his girl who's about to give birth for the cameras? Is this for like a teasing for the next season, like a a cliffhanger? I I don't know. Uh, It's not a good look. I mean, he was cheating with multiple chicks. He was bringing back girls to his hotel when his wife was about to give birth. That's a bad look, T-squared. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I'm killing you, Colin Kaepernick. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two. Thank you for joining us on this lovely morning out here in Southern California. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Very excited. NBA playoffs start today. NFL draft less than two weeks to go. Hey, can I uh, quickly mention, Nick, you may uh, may like this note. So I'm in a basket, couple basketball leagues out here in California. I got out here about 22 months ago, and I I like to play basketball, stay in shape recreationally. And I was in a league. We won the title last year. We're in it again this year, but our team wasn't really showing up. We didn't have bigs. We were playing an opponent who had a former quarterback from Notre Dame on their team. 
Who and is it? We played him last year. We beat him. This guy's a beast, though. And he was an absolute monster against us uh, in the playoffs this year. And we ended up losing. I mean, he's like 6'4", 235. And I know that's big for a quarterback. And, you know, the guy's just a monster inside. And I obviously am not, you know, the biggest dude. But I was caught under the hoop once. And, I, you know, I don't want us to get just slaughtered inside. And I and this guy starts coming in, and I see an elbow coming toward me. Like I'm like, I got to get out. I can't, you know, I'm, not to sound like a, a loser. I'm on TV five days a week. I can't go show up with a black eye, you know. And uh, the quarterback's name is uh, Dane Christ. If you want to go look him up online, the guy is a monster. I mean, he's just huge. Uh, I, I would guess he probably had 20 and 17 against us. He was bigger than our biggest guy. And um, But that's the kind of fun I have out here in California. I love being out here. And the my favorite thing about being out here, though, is watching sports and the hours you can watch them, right? So the NCAA championship game two weeks ago starts at 9.20 East Coast time. Starts at 6.20 out here in California. NFL games start earlier, right? You wake up, you hang with your kids for an hour or two, and then boom, games start at 10 a.m. You're ready to rock and roll. And I, and I do want to start this second hour talking about the NFL um, because of something that happened this week. Now, it was overshadowed by the Des Bryant news, which we opened the show with. And in a minute here, I've got three destinations for Des Bryant for you. I'm going to drop them on you. We're probably going to disagree, but I like to open minds, get you thinking about things in a different way. We'll talk about Des in a second. But I want to quickly talk about the NFL and this Colin Kaepernick nonsense. And that's the word for it, nonsense. And I'm going to start in a place that I know a lot of people aren't going to like. But the whole stick to sports business. You remember that last year? Do you remember guys last year? Stick to sports was this big thing in the sports media. It had to do with the politics, right? And and everybody in sports suddenly was uh, Mr. Poli- Mr. Politics and Miss Politics. They knew everything about it. They knew foreign policy and they were so into it. And I came out here. I'm like, I, I don't want to hear these sports people talking about politics. I want my politics fix. I'll turn on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. I go on social media, the sports people I follow, I want sports news. I want sports takes. I want sports opinions. I want thought-provoking stuff. And I came on this radio show and said, I'm a stick-to-sports guy. And all these sports media geeks, losers, I don't care, whatever you want to call them, They came after me. Oh, yeah, you're just sticking to sports. Well, listen, this ties in with the Kaepernick stuff this week. Okay? This Colin Kaepernick nonsense, and I'm going to call it nonsense. This idea, the league, this is easy. The NFL says we do not want players taking a knee and protesting the national anthem. It is not good for business. It drives viewers away. It gets people to tune out. They don't want it in the league. It's as easy as that. So I was hired to be a radio host here about 20, uh, maybe 20, 28 months ago. 28, something like that. And they said, Jason, I'll never forget, Scott Shapiro, the guy who runs Fox Sports Radio, hired me and said, you know, Jason, I just know you love sports and you have a passion for it. And I knew this because it's the middle of June or July And you're posting the top 50 players in college basketball for the next season. You're doing mock drafts in the offseason. And it's like intelligent, well-informed. And I'm like, this guy loves sports. And I do. 
I love sports, and I'll give you the quick background on it. So coming up in youth sports, I played everything. I played tennis. I played soccer, travel soccer, basketball, baseball. I love sports. And then once it got to high school, everybody got bigger. I didn't get bigger. And I started to get pushed off the ball in soccer, and I couldn't create my own shot. And my sports career petered out. And it was frustrating for me, man. I was good. I was a good young athlete growing up. And, and, and I knew, okay, I still like sports. Let me go work at a local newspaper. And I slowly worked my way up. Then, of course, I get to college. I start to get bigger. I started to work out. And I would play competitively in our intramural team. And, you know, I, I basically, everybody in high school who was a star had their prime in high school. Well, you know, the guys who matured later kind of had a later prime. And I like to still think I'm in my prime. We can debate that if you want. We don't have to. Uh, but, and frankly, I'm more, I'm happier now that I can play basketball at this age. When I tell guys my age, they're like, whoa. You know, I'm out here trying to guard like 24-year-olds and pick up basketball. And I'm doing a pretty decent job. And I just like sports a lot. And I like talking about sports. So this Kaepernick thing frustrates me because I don't care about it. To me, when Eric Reed gets frustrated that the Bengals asked him if he's going to kneel, dude, it's a no-brainer. You, If you want a job and you want to make money, listen to what they say. Colin Kaepernick was going to work out for Seattle. They said, are you going to kneel? He said, yeah. They said, we're not going to work out. Is that? I mean, this seems so obvious. And I see these people freaking out online. Oh, my gosh, it's such an injustice. Listen, the NFL wraps itself in the flag. They are aligned closely with the military, more so than any other sport. It's important to NFL fans. It's important to the NFL. Period. End of story. How is this so complicated? Listen, I get why they're kneeling. That's fine. Kneel on your own time. Don't do it at my business. I mean, again, I want to stick to sports. I can't be outraged over these guys not having a job because they they want to take a knee. If your employer says X, you do X. I mean, sticking to sports has worked with me. I, I just joked with you last hour. When the media zigs, I like to zag. Everybody loved Odell Beckham. I said last year on this show, I'm seeing some things I don't like. I would trade Odell Beckham. What's happening now? Okay? I sided with Kevin Durant leaving Russell Westbrook and everybody on social media. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. Wait a minute. That's wrong for Kevin Durant to leave. I'm going to side with Russell Westbrook. I sided with Durant, and uh, we'll see what happens with Westbrook in the postseason, but I don't think they're getting by the Jazz. Durant is a champion. Finals MVP. I, I just believe that the people that said don't stick to sports a year ago, where are they now? They're opening television shows and nobody's watching it. They're losing jobs at newspapers and websites. Sticking to sports works, guys. I like sports. I'm going to talk about sports. And now, and and before I go to Des Bryant, let me just add this one thing. I love non-sports stuff. Almost everything I read is exclusively non-sports. But when it comes to TV, web, radio, I'm talking sports. So let's pivot now to Des Bryant and what his situation is now that he's been cut by the Cowboys. And I opened the show talking about how 
I think the Cowboys handled this poorly. They left themselves no options. They can't go pick up a great replacement now. They're going to have to do it in the draft. Everybody knows that. And I'm guaranteed, and I, I bet money with Iowa Sam in the first hour that this week you're going to hear a team or two in the 10 to 18 range is enamored with Christian Kirk of Texas A&M or they're smitten with Calvin Ridley. And that's going to be a lie. But it's sending a signal to the Cowboys. Oh, you want, you need that wide receiver at 19? You're, yeah, you're, we know that. You're not getting him. Trade up with me to 15 or 14 and give me a third-round pick too. People are going to try that with the Cowboys. I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. But the Cowboys are in a bad spot. And if I'm Des Bryant, I'm livid. The, the, the best teams out there have spent their free agent money. The team I like that makes sense. The Philadelphia Eagles. They just won a Super Bowl. They traded away Torrey Smith. They have Alshon Jeffrey. They have Nelson Aguilar in the slot. Would Des Bryant make sense? Now, financially, I don't know if it'll work. Philly spent a lot of money. We tried to talk about it before the show, and I don't know if the Eagles can afford him. I think the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, hey, you wanna, you, you've want you never been to a Super Bowl. We, we just went to another one. Hey, Des, we'll give you a one-year deal. Uh, not a lot of guaranteed money. It's going to be a prove-it deal. Incentive-laden. Did you guys see the deal Jordan Matthews signed with the Patriots? Oh, it's absurd. Jordan Matthews was, a, I believe, a second-round pick. I loved him coming out of Vanderbilt. He's got, like, no guaranteed money with the Patriots, but he wants a chance to win. It says, like, a $1 million deal, but it's, like, in quotes, $1 million. It's, like, if you have X amount of catches, if you play X amount of snaps. He's got to prove himself, and he wants to win. So what does Dez want to do? I see other people saying that Dez could end up with the Arizona Cardinals. Did you see this? I think Adam Schefter tweeted, what? He's going to go to a team with no quarterback? This idea of Dez Bryant going going to one of these bad teams where he's going to stink? Oh, my gosh, that would be a nightmare. So Dez Bryant's going to be a train wreck in the locker room for the Buffalo Bills because A.J. McCarron's not getting him the ball? I don't know. I I think I wouldn't be shocked by the Eagles, wouldn't be shocked by the Patriots. I actually think the Green Bay Packers could be in play. I mean, you get Aaron Rodgers, you're going places. Now, they lost Jordy Nelson. Could they replace? I mean, they they have decent receivers. They got a Jimmy Graham. I mean, you know, uh, is Des Bryant going to clean up his act in Green Bay and listen to Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Maybe. I saw some people speculating Baltimore. That's not a good team. Dez wants to go to the playoffs. He wants to get a Super Bowl. He wants to get to the Hall of Fame. I think Dez Bryant's in an awful spot. I think he has a right to be ticked off with the Dallas Cowboys and this whole Jerry Jones. I know he's saying Jerry Jones is my guy, blah, blah. Jerry's a businessman, dude. He's just telling you what you want to hear. He's a masterful businessman. I think Colin Kaepernick's in trouble. I think Eric Reed's in trouble. And I think Dez Bryant is in trouble. It's it's getting ugly for that trio. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. The most overrated quarterback in the NFL draft. I've got his name for you, and it's not Josh Allen. I'm coming after you, Baker. That's next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Lonzo Ball's biggest fan just came into the studio during the break and had a good, good, really good Des Bryant idea. Uh, I'm not going to tease it yet. We'll save that for the final hour, okay, Nick? 
All right. You keep doing research because I, I think their number two receiver is still there. Um, I'll just give you guys a hint. It's an AFC team. And I, when I first heard it, I was like, uh. And then, yeah, there's something there. Des Bryant. Well, you know what? I We haven't taken a call in three weeks. Okay, Colin Cowherd, you know, I everybody knows I'm I'm friends with him on a show. Uh, so we went out for drinks last Saturday. And, you know, I'm trying to pick his brain for radio stuff. And he tells me, don't take calls. Never take calls. I'm like, all right, I haven't taken a call in three weeks. I was just going to say I should open the phone lines for the best Des Bryant destination. But I'm not. I'm going to stick with the Cowherd mantra, don't take calls. By the way, Albert Breer stopping by in 10 minutes, my guy over at MMQB. Um, he had some good stuff on Josh Allen. By the way, his best note, the Jets could not get an interview with Sam Darnold for a while. All of a sudden, last week, Sam Darnold's now talking to the Jets. <gasps> now, I've been saying for over a month, the Jets can get Darnold. Third, and people laughed at me. Now, everybody's on board with Josh Allen and the Browns. Now, is it smokescreen season? I don't know. I still believe the Giants are going Saquon. If the Browns go Allen one, that leaves Darnold for three. I also don't want Darnold going to the Browns because I love Darnold's prospects. I don't think he's going to do anything in Cleveland. All right. Speaking of the draft, and and this is a tough one because I know that this guy has a lot of fans out there and and people are going to come after me. But the guy I want to go after, a most overrated quarterback in this draft, it's not Josh Allen. I don't even consider him rated. It's Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma Sooners. Listen, there is no doubt about it. Baker Mayfield was a great college quarterback. I love his story. Goes to Texas Tech as a walk-on. Injuries happen, and all of a sudden he's starting as a true freshman. He's pretty darn good for Texas Tech. Didn't They didn't even offer him a scholarship, even though he put up good numbers in high school in Texas. Baker Mayfield wins a bunch of games as a, as a freshman, and what happens? He gets hurt. And all of a sudden, he has a, some kind of falling out with the coaching staff. Baker Mayfield says he's going to transfer. He goes to Oklahoma. He's lights out at Oklahoma. We know that. And all the stat guys keep gassing up Baker Mayfield, best quarterback in the draft. One of the best quarterbacks in college ba- college football history. And his passer rating with a clean pocket is unsurpassed. And Baker Mayfield's passer rating under pressure is unbelievable. Folks, listen. Listen closely. All these situations are not created equally. Nothing you can tell me about Baker Mayfield's stats are equal to what Sam Darnold went through at USC, or what Josh Rosen went through at UCLA. It's just not. Let's start with this. The Big 12 plays arena league football. That's what they do. The defenses are a joke. It's pathetic. Just for bleeps and giggles, I went and looked up Baker Mayfield's opponents and what they were defensively. Okay? Are you ready for this? Because everybody wants to say... Baker's stats were off the charts. Listen closely. Quarterback rating allowed. Out of 130, Baker Mayfield, Kansas, 129th. Tulane, 128th. 
Baylor, 119th. Are you getting the picture? Baker Mayfield amassed awesome stats against jokers. Ah, but, and I get this all the time. Wait a minute, Jason. What did Baker Mayfield do to Ohio State last year? He carved them up. Yeah, you're right. Baker Mayfield did carve them up. Do you know what happened to Ohio State in the 2017 NBA NFL draft? Ohio State had three defensive backs go in the first round. Ohio State has three defensive backs go in the first round. Marshawn Lattimore to the Saints. He was the rookie of the year. Malik Hooker to the Colts. Garyon Conley to the Raiders. So Ohio State comes out with basically a brand new secondary. And in the first game of the season, people forget this. Baker killed Ohio State. Yeah, in the second game. What happened in the first game? That Ohio State secondary, after losing three guys to the draft, gave up 410 yards to some guy named Richard Legau of Indiana. Never heard of him. Thank you, Nick. Richard Legau, Indiana Hoosiers, passed for 400 yards, three TDs against the mighty Ohio State defense. So Baker Mayfield came out and did the same thing. whoop de damn do With a month off to prepare for Georgia, a good defense, Baker Mayfield killed him. Um, he had a month to prepare. Good. Baker Mayfield, everybody, was a 22-year-old redshirt senior. That matters. Hey, uh, Nick, can you uh, look this up for me? Is today Baker Mayfield's birthday? I believe he turns 23 years old today. I think Baker Mayfield turns 23 today. Happy birthday to Baker. It's either today or this. Is it today or this weekend? It's today. Congrats, Baker Mayfield. You're 23. So everybody killing Sam Darnold, who had a joke of an offensive line, playing against Washington State, top 10 secondary, against passer rating, Utah, top 20 defense, quarterback rating. Now listen, they played a much tougher schedule than Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold was a 20-year-old redshirt sophomore. Baker Mayfield's two years older. I'm telling you guys, and I'm not... I know this is going to sound like I'm battering Baker Mayfield. And I'm going to have some people come on next week to defend him. Because there's a stat, guys, who love Baker Mayfield. And I just punctured holes in it. Oh, you mean a 22-year-old redshirt senior carved up the worst uh, conference of the Power Five for for past defenses in and we should be happy? And this idea of Baker Mayfield going third to the Jets is a good idea? No. You know, Oklahoma State's pass defense gave up. They were 117th out of 130th. Baker killed him. whoop de damn do Texas Tech, 123rd. Pass defense. Come on, people. Listen, if you just want to be basic... You could say Baker Mayfield's stats are incredible. Oh, my gosh. Clean pocket. Blah, 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 blah. Baker Mayfield, I love him. You could do that. You can be basic. But I am here to show you the forest through the trees. Big picture. I want to give you an edge. So when it comes to NFL draft time, you're going to be informed. I'm telling you guys. Baker Mayfield beat a bunch of bad secondaries in a bad league as a 22-year-old.
If you want to give him to me at the end of the first round, great. I'm all in. You want to give him to me in the second round, I love it even more. Everybody wants to talk about Russell Wilson. What round did he go in? No pressure to a good Seattle organization. Everybody wants to talk about Dak Prescott. What round did he go in? No pressure. Greatest offensive line in the league. Like, there are other variables here. Baker Mayfield goes top five. He's going to be a flop. It's, it's, it, go ahead, write it down. Send it to all your friends. If Baker Mayfield goes in the top five, he's going to be a flop. Now, coming up next, hopefully agree with me. I'm going to do some Josh Allen, a little Baker Mayfield. Coming up next, Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback. But first... Let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, we begin in the NFL where former Patriot and new Dolphin receiver Danny Amendola did an interview with Mike Reese that was published this morning and said the following regarding his free agency. Quote, I understand Bill Belichick runs a tight ship and he hasn't been known to pay his players really. I understood that. I gave money back to him so I could play for him and play for my teammates and I had faith that he was going to give me an opportunity to stay. When free agency broke, I came to the realization that he wasn't going to really come close to any of the other offers I had. I had to make a decision for my family and go down to Miami and continue my career there, unquote. It's already been addressed. I'll say. Today, the NBA playoffs tip off at 3 p.m. Eastern with the world champion Golden State Warriors hosting the San Antonio Spurs. Mark Medina of the San Jose Mercury News reports that former Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale will interview for the Knicks and the Suns head coaching jobs next week. And finally, Jason, along those lines, Mike Vorkunov of The Athletic reports that Knicks star Kristaps Porzingis updated reporters on his recovery from a torn ACL this morning, saying, quote, I'm feeling pretty good. The knee is recovering fast. I expect myself to heal like a lizard, unquote. Absolutely no idea what he means by that, but it might be the most Porzingis quote ever. Back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, joining us now, my my guy, Known him for a while. He's he's plugged in. He's about as plugged in as they get. Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. Albert, thank you for taking the time on this lovely Saturday morning to join us. What are you at a soccer field or something? No, no, no. I just got back from skate though. Uh at my at my little kid out there. Um trying to stay off of his ass, basically. <laughs> nice. But- All right, Albert. I just spent about ten minutes saying that uh, essentially I believe Baker Mayfield is is massively overvalued. I, I would love him at the end of round one or the top of round two, but this is a guy who beat up on some terrible Big 12 defenses. No Big 12 quarterbacks make it in the league. Okay, this guy was a 22-year-old carving up a, just a pathetic conference. And listen, when, when they bring up the Ohio State game, how come yeah. nobody mentions Ohio State lost three guys in the secondary to the first round of the draft, gave up 400 yards passing in week one to an Indiana quarterback and three TDs. And, and then, yeah, Baker Mayfield killed him in week two. whoop de damn do 
Uh, go ahead. Please agree with me because, you know, I want to be friends. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say he's overvalued. I, oh. I just think, I think, well, unless you're willing to concede that all quarterbacks are overvalued. Uh, um, Josh Allen, yes, but continue. This is the way. This is the way they're drafted. You know, J-Mac, This is the way it works. And um, you know, look, I, there's absolutely some drawbacks with Baker. I mean, start with his height. You know, it's hard to find guys of that height who have been top ten picks over the last twenty five years. So he is an outlier in that sense. Um, you know, there's some questions about the way that he handles himself. He's not the athlete that Russell Wilson was coming out. He's I'm probably about a four eight guy, where Russell Wilson was a four five guy. So he's going to scramble to throw. He's not going to scramble to run. Uh, that said, uh, he's got more than enough arm strength. He is. I mean, I've had more than one quarterback coach tell me he's the most accurate passer they've ever evaluated against the uh, Big Twelve, though. Albert, come but, on. But 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 okay. So here's the thing, though. All right, think about this. Now you just mentioned who Ohio State lost, right? Um, and we've made excuses for Sam Darnold for losing the guys that they lost, Juju Smith-Schuster, the linemen. We've made excuses for Josh Allen, the guys that they lost at Wyoming, for I Josh Rose's situation yeah, at UCLA. I hey, 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 listen. Baker Mayfield lost Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, D.D. Westbrook. Didi. I mean, yep. they lost a lot, and he got a lot better. So where we've made some excuses for some of the other quarterbacks and having some of the graduation losses at their schools, this guy lost a lot off of his offense and wound up winning the Heisman Trophy. And so I'm not saying he's a perfect prospect. He's not. You know, but I, I do think that there's a lot to like there. Um, now, is you know, he an Andrew Luck-type prospect? Is he a Jameis Winston-type prospect? No. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I will say that there is a lot to work with there. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's going to depend on the situation he walks into, you know. But I certainly think that if you're looking at the quarterbacks on the merits, you know, I can see the argument for each of the guys, and you know, I, I'd include Mayfield on that, in, 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 you know, in, in that, and saying that there are reasons why you would like them over the other three guys that are going to go at the top. So Baker Mayfield, what's your guess? We're less than two weeks out. Is he going top five? Yeah, if I had to guess right now, I'd say the Jets. Um, no, now that wait, 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 come on. Seriously? No, that's provided. That's provided. That's provided that quarterbacks go um, one, two, and that like. So here's the thing: is to me, the Giants control everything, right? Because whether the the Browns take Josh Allen or Sam Darnold, um, really things hinge on what happens with the Giants. If the Giants take one, then you're going to see quarterbacks go one, two, three. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be a feeding frenzy for that fourth pick, where Buffalo, Arizona, Miami, you know, there's going to be one of the top four quarterbacks left, and there's going to be multiple teams that need one. Um, if the Giants take, say, Saquon Barkley, yes. well, then all of a sudden, you're going to see a quarterback go at one. You're going to see a quarterback go at three. I think you probably see another quarterback go soon after that, but someone else could wind up sliding. Um, and then if the Giants trade with Buffalo or Arizona, that's kind of the you know middling the whole thing where you will have quarterbacks going one, two, three, but then one of the suitors is off the table. And so, um, do I think the Jets would take Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield? Yes, of course. I do not think they would. I do not think they would take Josh Allen over Baker Mayfield. And I think that Baker Mayfield has support in that building over Josh oh. Rosen. So my guess what? is that if Sam Darnold's available, I think Sam Darnold's the quarterback. For oh, vomiting but, too but, early. But, 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 but hear me out. I'm just telling you, Rosen's got support in that building. Mayfield's got support in that building. 
there would be an argument between those two. All right, we're talking with Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. All right, let's back up, Albert. How Everybody loves to talk about John Dorsey in Cleveland and his yeah. tendencies and his history. How come we're not hearing the same with Dave Gettleman in New York? What was Gettleman's situation in Carolina? We know that, that as soon as he got there, he dumped Steve Smith. Right, right, and they ended up being fine. That we also know that he didn't; he wasn't going to be held hostage by Josh Norman. And uh, after the franchise tag situation, he just kicked him to the curb. That leads me to believe Odell Beckham is still. I don't care what people are reporting yeah. that Odell Beckham is still not in good standing there. But I, what I don't know is, they're, go ahead. They're in wait and see mode now, and that's the way I see it. They're they're very much in wait and see mode, and I. I felt all along April 9th was the pivotal date. Like, if he hadn't, if, if Odell hadn't shown up, then I think we're talking about them seriously looking at moving on from him in the two weeks leading up to the draft because it'd be impossible for them to pay him then. Yeah. Because if, if you pay him without seeing him in the building, within the context of the new program, then you're signing off on everything that happened the last 15 months there, and you're saying we're okay with all of that. A new coach, a new GM can't do that. Now that he's actually in the building and he was there every day this week, now you know you can go forward and you can say, okay, he's got a chance to turn over a new leaf here. He's got a chance to oh, build please. a credibility with Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman. And, and, and look, I think that just being there this week at least opens the door where now you can have dialogue. He can actually build you know, you know his reputation with the new guys, and they're not going off of what happened before. And so, you know, I, I think if you're if you if you're Gettleman, if you're Shermer, you got to get at least to the summer before you're you're, you're going to pay the guy. Um, but you know, whoa, I think whoa, this whoa, at least whoa. opens the door here. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over at all. But I'm just telling you, I think this at least opens the door. What okay. complicates everything, and you know this, what complicates everything is what receivers are getting paid now. Right. I mean, Jarvis Landry, who is a, a really good slot, but he's a slot, got paid 15 million dollars a year. Sammy Watkins, who isn't half the player Beckham is. Got sixteen million a year, and so what did Mike Evans get? Evans got what seventeen? Yeah, and it's going to be expensive to keep them. Look, it's going to be expensive to keep them. I, I think you, if you're Gettleman, and, and I know this is the way they're thinking. If you're Gettleman and you're Shermer, the way you're looking at this is this guy's got to prove it to me. Like this guy's got to prove to me that he's on board with the program. Because if you're going to pay him that level. You know what? He doesn't have to have a choice. He's got to be one of the leaders then because everyone else in the locker room is going to be looking to him the way he handles himself, the way he plays, the way he practices, the way he conducts his business off the field. If you're the highest paid guy on a team, everyone's, everyone in that locker room is going to be looking to you and seeing how the team's treating you and seeing how you're handled because they want to get to your level. It's just it's the way that NFL locker rooms work. And so they have to make sure that he's on board you know, with everything that they're doing, he's with the program and that he's going to conduct himself a certain way before they pay him. Yeah, but... And getting in the building is the first step. In okay, that. Albert, we, you know, I've told the scorpion and the frog story plenty, but you know that people will act like they're a good dude and they're not going to be a problem. Right. And money doesn't fix problems. Right, but he's at, he was in the building this week and he tried to impress everybody and cleaned up his act, blah, blah, blah. We know what the real Odell Beckham is. The first right. sign of a problem, he's going to flip out. The first time he doesn't get the looks, he's going to freak out. The Giants have to know that. They're smarter than that. Why right. would you even entertain the idea of keeping Beckham? But at the same time, I have a question. Do you think their decision on Beckham has any impact on the number two pick in the draft? No. Yeah, I don't no. either. 
But no, I, I don't think I, I know. I, I don't think. I, I mean, I think Beckham is separate from almost anything else. When I look at the ju- when I look at Gettleman's history, uh, Albert, I keep noticing he loves building inside out line, yep. running game, trenches. Yep. Barkley fits that. There's no lineman to take well, second. Look, I mean, they they drafted defensive linemen in the first round. What four of the say you know two of the four years they were there, um, and that's not even counting KK Short, who they got in the third round. You know, so right. They, they, uh, you know, there's no question. So that, wait, do you think Chubb is in play? Yeah, I think Chubb. No, in play. but why would you take think, him at two? Think, you just I trade think, down. I think, Chubb, I think both Chubb and Barkley are. I think both Chubb and Barkley are in play now. I, you know, I, I would tell you that you're you're spot on there. And if you look, I think it's go go and look at Carolina's like cap sheets. But if you look at that, I think I want to say it's like seven of the top eight. Player paid players on that roster after Cam play in the box, tight end, offensive line, or front seven. Like oh. it is, it's a high number of Carolinas, like highest paid players are either front seven players or play along the line of scrimmage on offense. All right, let and, me uh, let me get you out of here, Albert. One last one, Lamar Jackson. What are you hearing? And do you like my idea of the Chargers? Taking a chance. By the way, they have yeah. uh, they've interviewed him. I believe more than anyone else at his pro day, or they had two people interview him there. Nobody else had two people. Yeah, the Chargers had so, so the Chargers had him up in a in, the, the Chargers had him up in a suite at the um, at, at Louisville at, at, at University of Louisville Stadium um, for an extended period of time after the pro day. You so were there. Did talk, were you there? Ken Westcott was there. Um, the offensive coordinator. That that makes some sense to me, and I do think the Chargers are where they've been the last couple of years, which is you know looking at potential solutions for a long term answer at quarterback. Yeah, I, I tell you, the team to keep an eye on here is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they're going to have him in this week. I believe it's going to be on Wednesday, which is the second to last day that you, you're allowed to have you know draft prospects into your facility, and I just. You know, I, I think this is really going to be the front end of them looking at potentially the idea of in a year or two moving on from Joe Flacco. The reason wow. why, the reason why is if you look at his numbers, how much money he's made, it doesn't match the production, and they've lost players off their roster because he is, you know, he carries these huge financial numbers, and so. You know, I, I think they really will be looking at the ne- in the next couple of years at do we move on from Joe Flacco. And to me, what's fascinating about it, go back to 2014. He had a great year that year, right? They get to the divisional round. They probably should have beaten the Patriots. The Patriots go on to win the Super Bowl. They lose Gary Kubiak after that year. In the three years since then, if you, if you tally up all the numbers over that three-year period, Joe Flacco's the 31st rated passer in the NFL. 31st. And so I'm just telling you that the production doesn't match um, the, the, the financial numbers there. And I think they're open for business. The idea of looking at quarterbacks is on the table for them. And I look, I, I, if you want to ask me, like the ceiling, what, like what's the highest that Lamar Jackson could go? And I think he could flip into the second round. But I think the highest that the, where 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 he'd start to really be in play would be that 16th overall pick to Baltimore. Okay, Albert Breer, great stuff as usual. You got to follow him on social media. Read his Monday morning quarterback, Albert Breer. Thanks a lot. I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. All right, thanks, Jay, Matt. Great stuff as usual, man. I I just love I see that's when I go back to the I like sports. I mean, we were just rapping for ten minutes, and it was like, can what can I get another twenty? But we can't. Coming up next here on the big lead. 
Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Rockets fans, I know you guys hate me because I I said they were, Chris Paul and James Harden would be a flop. We'll just I, I've got one more concern level for you headed into the playoffs. You're gonna love it. That's next on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. Back here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. I, I just love Albert Breer hits sports, football, information, opinion, news. He's got it all. I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit the Baker Mayfield stuff. I've got more. And I, I just saw some tweets coming at me. Oh, you got to get off Baker Mayfield's stick. You're being too mean, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, I, I've got nothing against the guy. I just feel like the stats overrate the heck out of him. That's all. You know who else is overrated? You ready for this, Nick, Mr. NBA? Houston Rockets, baby. Houston Rockets. Okay, let me preface oh, this by saying... I know that in the stock market, past performance is not an indicator of future results. But, Nick, I looked up Chris Paul's last three playoffs. Have you? Are you familiar with oh, what happened? I am well aware of Harden and Paul's playoff failures. No, no, but ahead. people talk about last year with Chris Paul. Do you remember what happened last year, right? Yes. Against Utah. You know what Chris Paul shot in Game 7 at home? Oh, what, what was it? Who was the point guard? Was it uh, George, George Hill? Was he the point guard? Think so? Chris Paul was 6 of 19, 1 of 7. 13 points. Game 7 at home against Utah. Lost by 13. He did vomit on himself. Now, the okay, so that was 2017 for Chris Paul. 2016, Chris Paul. Do you remember that? That was Houston, right? No, nope. that was Portland. Oh, okay. I was, okay Tied 2-2, Chris Paul breaks his hand. Bummer. They lose a series. 2015. There, there you go, Nick. Houston, famously up 3-1. Lost three straight to the Rockets. Do you, I mean, like, I, I can barely remember that series because it was so nutty. Weren't they up, like, 15 in the decisive game? I think at the half. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. And then, like, Josh Smith and a bunch of guys just went bananas for the Rockets against Chris Paul's Clippers. Chris Paul's impervious to stopping them. And they lose. So, now let's go to James Harden. His backcourt mate. Game five in San Antonio last year. Pivotal game. I remember watching it, Nick. You remember it? Series tied 2-2. In San Antonio. James Harden runs out of gas in overtime. Last five minutes of regulation and overtime, James Harden was one of six with four turnovers. Said he wasn't tired. Comes out next game, game sixth, and they got their butts kicked. They got their face caved in. Harden was 2 of 11 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3. Fouled out. 10.6 turnovers. They lost by 39. Mike D'Antoni, my favorite NBA postseason stat. Mike D'Antoni has one playoff series win in the last decade. So, Nick, you combine that. Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, Chris Paul. What, What do you think in Rockets in the postseason? They're going to choke somewhere along the line, Jason, like I've said. Now, other people are saying, hey, they're, they, they're going to crush the Timberwolves. They killed them in the regular season four straight. I I, I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't know, you man. Going We're going to revisit this in the final hour. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, Baker Mayfield! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number three, the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Wherever you are, however you're spending your Saturday, it's NBA Playoff Saturday. 
So I guess you're probably getting a lot of honeydews out of the way. Games don't start for another three. Is it three hours? Yeah, I believe three hours from now, Warriors and the Spurs tip off. Quick note of concern. I know uh, everybody loves Warriors, as I do. They only played two games in the playoffs last year during the day, and they struggled mightily in both of them. Game, I believe it was game one against Portland, and they struggled for about 40 minutes, couldn't pull away, couldn't pull away, and they finally win at the end. And then, of course, the game one against the Spurs, where they trail by about 20, 22 points, late third, and then Kawhi Leonard was injured, and the Warriors storm back and win. So just a ca- uh, question regarding the Warriors and, and game ones during the day, I gave out my picks earlier. I like a lot of dogs today. Uh, I uh, I think the Spurs are a live dog. I think the Miami Heat are a live dog. And I like the Washington Wizards. NBA playoff Saturday. It's always fun. Marathon, not a sprint. So pace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. So I spent a little bit of the last hour talking about NFL draft. I love the draft. As If you follow me on social media, you know I'm heavy on the draft. It's just exciting. Teams can sell hope. My Jets traded up to number three. We're hopeful that they can finally get the franchise quarterback they haven't had. And I'm no, I'm not counting Namath the franchise quarterback, even though he won a Super Bowl way before I was even born. Sorry, Chad Pennington does not count as a franchise quarterback. Ken O'Brien was very good for a couple years. Not a franchise guy. Mark Sanchez, two straight AFC title games. By the way, did you see Mark Sanchez got popped? for PEDs yesterday. Uh, I think he's suspended for the first four games of next season. Mark Sanchez on that sauce. Whatever the sauce is. Uh, Fun. Exciting. But regarding the draft, there's a quarterback I really want to kind of go after and focus on, mostly because everybody is in love with him. The stat community thinks, oh my goodness, he's so amazing, and he put up amazing numbers and blah, 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 blah. I mean, really, guys? Baker Mayfield? Is he that impressive? I mean, people keep looking at the numbers and saying he's got the highest passer efficiency in college football history. So I said, okay, I'll humor you. Last hour, I just, you know, punctured all sorts, excuse me, all sorts of holes in Baker's stats. Because when you look at the Big 12 and the joke of the defenses in there, yeah, so he killed Iowa State and Baylor and Tulane and Kansas State and UTEP and carved them up. whoop the damn do West Virginia, 90th against passer rating defensively. The West Virginia basketball team plays better defense than the West Virginia football team. Okay? So we, we went in depth on that. So I decided, okay, I'll humor you. I'll look at the highest passer efficiency rating list of all time. As you can expect in this, the high-octane offensive era, people are throwing more. So who is on the highest passer efficiency rating list in college football history? Baker Mayfield's one. Baker Mayfield 2016 is two. Number three, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, hey, all right, awesome. Number four, RG3. Number five, a guy by the name of Colt Brennan. Nick or Ryan, do you have any idea who Colt Brennan is? I, yeah, I know. From Hawaii. Yes. Hawaii Rainbows. Well done. He had a cup of coffee in the NFL. 
He had a couple uh, off-the-field issues as well. So I, I believe he did. Yes, sir. Number six, Jameis Winston. Number seven, now it gets, again, highest passer efficiency ratings in college football history. Number seven is someone by the name of Logan Woodside. Never heard of him. Kellen Moore, Boise State. Another cup of coffee in the NFL. Cam was nine, Mariota 10. Stefan LaFours of Louisville was 11. But you get my point, okay? A lot of guys from recent years, some guys you never heard of, and a bunch of guys who never did anything in the NFL. You know who's not on the list? And I went way down the list. I just gave you the top 11. You go to the top 30, which we'll get to in a sec. Not going to name all of them, but I'll, I'll show you the pattern here. You know who's not on the list for highest highest passer efficiency ratings in college football history? Tom Brady did not make the list. Ben Roethlisberger did not make the list. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Eli Mann. None of these great NFL quarterbacks. Sorry for putting Derek Carr in the great category, but he had an awesome season. It's broke. He it's got broke. paid. Oh, jeez, Nick. You had to go to the broken leg. But the point is, highest highest passer efficiency rating doesn't correlate to going to be an awesome pro. So I went down further, and I looked at the top 30. Six of the top 30 passer efficiency ratings in college football history came from the Big 12. Six! Are you sensing a pattern? I keep telling you it's arena league football in the Big 12. Six of the top 30. My rudimentary math, back of the napkin, says that's 20%. Brilliant! We're in an offensive era. At what point are you starting to see what I'm saying? These Baker Mayfield passer efficiency ratings, if that's all you're judging on the stats, you're doing it wrong. Now, the next layer of this, and I'm going to ask Ryan. He's filling in at producer today. He's a big college football guy. I'm going to surprise him with something here because I didn't tell him this was coming. Big 12 quarterbacks who've made it in the NFL. Let's go down the list, shall we? Because Baker Mayfield lit up the Big 12. Let's go with Andy Dalton. He played at TCU. Oh, no. Wait a sec, Jason. No. Andy Dalton was in the Mountain West at TCU before they moved to the Big 12. So you can't count him. RG3. He was Rookie of the Year and what? What did RG3 do in the pros, Nick? He just signed with the Ravens. Nick, I'll ask you, what team was RG3 on in the NFL last season? It's a trick question. Oh, man. He wasn't in the league. Okay. He wasn't even in the league. So, again, big 12 quarterbacks who thrived in the NFL. Sam Bradford? What are we, where are we going on Sam Bradford, Nick? What's the word when you hear Sam Bradford and NFL? What's the word that associates those two? Overpaid. Overpaid, often injured, never lived up to the number one pick height. Knees. Knees. Finally, we got Ryan Tannehill. What's Ryan Tannehill? What, have we seen him five years now? Converted wide receiver... A&M. I mean, as mediocre as it gets. He's right? the definition he's, of mediocre? Yeah. Or is it, are we giving him below mediocre? He's, I don't think he's ever played in a playoff game because he was hurt two years ago when they made it. So what's the, what is Ryan Tannehill in the pros? I mean, average? Is that what we're going to go with? Because I believe Ryan Tannehill, who was drafted high in 2012, he's played in five years. 62% completions. Highest touchdown season was 27. 
He's consistently thrown between 12 and 17 picks. He's the definition of average. So, Ryan, our producer, I'm going to ask you, why don't Big 12 quarterbacks thrive in the NFL? And is that going to impact Sam Bradford? Is that going to, uh, do you mean going forward? Yeah. How's that? I mean, listen, Sam Bradford, we just had Albert Breer on there saying he's going to be a top five pick. He's going in the top 10. Well, okay. With it, it, Although I agree with you that Baker's situation, Baker's draft stock right now, I think is also too high. Because remember at the beginning of the whole draft thing, at the end of the season, we were talking about make Baker Mayfield kind of at the back of the first back round. Back of the first round, right? And yeah. at that point, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with taking him to the back. Nor but do I. I think b- with all these teams that need the quarterbacks, all of a sudden he shot straight up to the uh, the front of the line. And, th- and and let me let me defend that a little sure. bit because you're you're right. With the new salary structure, you don't have to give Jamarcus Russell a but a zillion dollars out of the gate. There's a salary structure. And if you take a quarterback early and whiff on him, it's not the end of the world. Okay, we saw a couple years ago. Uh, sorry, last year Paxton Lynch went 26th in the first round. It's pretty clear he's a bust. Can we uh, we can agree on that? Uh, got on the field, hasn't delivered. They just signed Case Keenum. Doesn't look like Denver's taking a quarterback high. I I, I would say Paxton Lynch is in the bust category. But you took him 26th. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't cripple you the way if you took Jamarcus Russell and you had to give him a zillion dollars, you're, financially, you're taking a major hit. All right, go on, Ryan, continue. The Like I said, so I, I, kind of, I do agree with you that he's too high at this point. The only other thing I would offer is that even though he is at the spot, I'm a f- firm believer in situational areas. So if he were to go to a team like the Jets, you have a defensive-minded coach at that point. Yes. And with Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, I think you could throw either one of those guys in just about any situation in the NFL, and they should have a decent career. Mayfield, I think it all depends on where he lands, who's his coach, what media market, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, Ryan. And, And again, how come everybody else isn't seeing that? I mean, Nick, this is obvious to me. The Baker Mayfield stuff, people are going overboard here. So what do we have against him? This highest passer efficiency rating basically doesn't mean jack squat, right? You can't tell me, well, Russell Wilson was third. Russell Wilson went in the third round of the draft. When you take someone in the third round of the draft, there is zero pressure. None. You draft Baker top three, you better be a franchise savior. You better be the answer. You better be the future. Show up day one, you better win the job, you better kill it. And and, and uh, Russell Wilson just had to beat out Matt Flynn for the job. He did. They had given Matt Flynn a bunch of money. So let's just toss this passer efficiency rating nonsense out. Let's go next. Big 12 quarterbacks thriving in the NFL. Yeah, you can't name any because it's not happening. They don't play NFL football in the Big 12. It's like a different sport. Remember that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game? I remember I was camping with my kid and a bunch of his buddies, and I'm watching the game on my phone. And I'm like, what is this? The score was like 50 to 48 in the third quarter. That's not NFL football. That's why I keep hearing this Mason Rudolph stuff. Really? Remember when the Browns took Brandon Whedon late first round? You're like, oh, they took a chance on like a 26-year-old guy who was pretty good at Oklahoma State. you got to be kidding me with this Mason Rudolph stuff. I mean, we saw RG3. He's the one guy who was pretty good for a year. But again, he was pretty good running. He was electrifying running. 
And then when he gets caught in the, you know, he gets hurt in the, running out of the pocket, it's like, boom, they broke him. He's done. So I can just continue to throw stuff at you to, to just shred this idea that Baker Mayfield is accuracy in his stats. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm not even overhyping this. Oklahoma's got a great system there. Did they have a guy named Jason White win like a, a Heisman Trophy like 15 years ago? He was a great system quarterback. What do you, what do you do in the pros? Nothing. And I'm not bashing Baker Mayfield. I have nothing against him. I'm going to repeat. I love his story. I like underdogs. He's a decided underdog. Great college football career. I don't think he's going to be a great pro if you draft him in the top five. It's not going to happen. And uh, also, happy birthday, Baker Mayfield. He turns 23. Happy birthday after I, I kind of took shots at him for 10 minutes. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, an NBA player joins the show to talk about the playoffs and his team tanking team out west that's next on the big lead fox sports radio progressive insurance creators of the name your price tool choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you visit progressive.com today back here on the big lead fox sports radio nba playoffs start in less than three hours kind of excited i'm nervous about my warriors i do wonder what are the odds that Kawhi Leonard just shows up, Nick? Any any chance Kawhi Leonard all of a sudden just I'm playing in game one or game two or something? No, I don't see it. You say you're saying no shot. No shot. Well, that's interesting because we've heard nothing about Kawhi. So is he punting on the playoffs? It seems like he punted on the last half of the season, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, let me just put you on the spot, Nick. If you're the Spurs, are you still offering the Supermax? At this point, I mean it's such a weird situation, right? We don't really know what the hell's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, do they know? I, I, I probably not. I mean, he has like a crew, right? You see, like he has like a you know like a, a whole crew. That yeah, he has. well, Popovich said that right. his guys, right? His guys. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to reveal the name, but I was at FS1 yesterday talking to a former NBA head coach, and he recently coached in the league. When I asked him that, oh, I don't know if they can give Kawhi the supermax. He told me. Oh, you, of course they're going to. No question. And I'm like, I just don't see it as a slam dunk. You, well, now, we know NBA teams are weird and they do some strange things. Like the Orlando Magic firing Frank Vogel. That seemed kind of out of left field. You're fired. And, and, and I'm just like, okay, you fired Franco Vogel. All right. And I, I, I can totally see... The Spurs being like, yeah, we're not going to offer you the Supermax. But they have to understand that if they don't offer Kawhi the Supermax, he out. He's just going to be like, I'm gone. See ya. You know what? Maybe we'll ask our next guest this question. Uh, Joining us now, current NBA forward. He's not in the playoffs, uh, but he has been before. Jared Dudley. He's been on the show before. Jared, good morning. How are you? Morning. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I haven't seen you at FS1 lately. Uh, maybe we'll see you soon in the postseason. Hope things are well oh, with you. Uh, I got to sure. say, Jared, let's just start fun. Give me one upset, a lower seed taking down a higher seed in the first round. Who you got? I think the easy one that I think that people might pick, and I, I can see it easy, is Milwaukee beating Boston. Boston was devastated by their injuries. Um, I definitely see that. Um, and I can see uh, Utah being that one. Those aren't huge upsets. Usually in the NBA, the better team usually wins because it's a best-of-seven series. Yeah. So those are my two. Um, Utah is a better team than, uh, than, uh, than uh, 
obviously OKC and Milwaukee. I feel like Giannis over a 17 series can find a way to beat those guys. Yeah, my, my worry about the Celtics. Jared, listen, people forget last year Boston was down 2 nothing to Chicago. A one versus eight. And then Rondo gets hurt and the series turns. I like Brad Stevens as much as the next guy, but I've had some scouts texting me, dude, why are you gassing up Brad Stevens? Okay, he almost lost that series to Chicago. He hasn't won a title. Why is he in that Popovich discussion? I don't know. Is that crazy, or do you love Brad Stevens? I love Brad Stevens, but he's not in the Popovich discussion. He's right. in that discussion is because by his by his philosophies on the offensive end and his creativeness when it comes to timeouts and getting the ball from side to side. Players want to play for him because in their offense, all five touch the ball. They're all moving. It's a free flow offense. I'll love uh, Brad, um, I'll love the Atlanta coach when he used to have Al Horford and Paul Millsap that one year where the ball's moving. Players like that because they want to be engaged. And when you go there, you feel like from the from the point guard to the center, through his offense, everyone's engaged. But you can't put him Popovich. Popovich has proven it year in, year out. He has championships. He's done it with you know lesser talent, higher talent. Um, and so Brad Stevens is there. And people, I, I definitely regard him as one of the top coaches in the league, but not on the Popovich level, not nearly. We're talking with Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns. Jared, you guys had a rough season, but it looks like you guys are going to be getting a superstar in the draft. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask a tough question here. If you're the Phoenix Suns and, you know, the GM wants to keep his job, we know they're going to, you know, they got, they've got they had issues with the head coach recently. If you're the Suns, do you try to trade that number one pick and make a run at, say, a Kawhi Leonard? You know, if if Giannis loses in the first round, does Phoenix say, you know what? Let's just throw the let's throw the kitchen sink at Milwaukee. Just see if they'll bite. Because no, you need to win, do, and you haven't not, won in forever, and you got a bunch of young guys. You know what? They're not going to do that. Phoenix had a plan. I know, like kind of like you know, people might not like it when when Sixers had a plan back in the day. With, the, with you know, trust the process. The, the Suns, the Suns. A couple years ago, knew it was going to be a three-year plan, and their plan was basically when when the Warriors started coming down in a couple years, that their young talent, even though they they might not have won a couple years, they would have accumulated three top guys to be able to go when they're when they're twenty-two, twenty-three, and then when Steph Curry, KD, and Clay Thompson are thirty-two, thirty-three, that they would come up when the Warriors are down. So this is all part of the plan. Mm. They're going to keep. They're going to keep this pick. It'll be. DeAndre Ayton Bagley or the European point guard, one of those top guys to to go along with Josh Jackson, Devin Booker, and they're gonna wait it they're gonna wait it out and they're gonna be hopefully within another two years they'll be one of the top teams and be there for for seven to eight years. Hmm. And that's interesting. So they're essentially punting now. This is their quote unquote process. Well listen, it's worked for uh Philadelphia, but again, Embiid looks like a top center in the league already, and Ben Simmons is the transcendent talent. You know, listen, is Devin Booker or Josh Jackson in that class, you think? You're seeing him more than anybody up close. I mean, Devin Booker for sure is. I mean, obviously, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are are, are, are stars, uh, superstars in the making. Devin Booker has that potential. He's definitely a star. I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's a, uh, he's a, a unique talent when it comes to a three-dimensional score in the post mid-range and three-pointer. He has a Kobe mentality as a killer. Um, people have seen him. We saw him last year with the 70. He's very unique when it comes to that. Josh Jackson, a Kawhi Leonard type. Wow. Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi Leonard type for sure. If you, if you saw Kawhi Leonard his first two years in the league, 
very similar. He's the six seven six eight frame where he's just as good as defensively as offensively. His shot is not up to the rest of his game, but as athleticism, his um, his aggressiveness is very quiet Leonard type. So I mean, they're not maybe on those guys' level yet, but very all very all star potential. So that if you can team it team it up with DeAndre Ayton and have those guys for seven to eight years, the Phoenix Suns will be scary. Now, with that being said, is you got to go. With, you got to go through a couple of these seasons that we've had, and in, in three, four years, you want to remember these last years. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening in Philadelphia. We're talking with Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns. Jared, I got. I got to ask, what are players saying about the Kawhi Leonard situation in San Antonio? It's just so unique because a this doesn't happen to the Spurs, and b you know the team is saying, hey, he's ready, he can go, and his teammates Tony Parker, Manu are saying he looks great in three on three, but he's saying he's not ready. And uh, I guess the second layer of that would be, do you think they offer him the Supermax? This is the weirdest situation since I've been in the NBA of any teams because, Kawhi, because of Kawhi Leonard. Most players would talk about it. Derrick Rose talked about it with his injuries. Players talk about it and stuff like that. We haven't heard a word from Kawhi Leonard. That's why it's weird. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, uh, I mean, I dealt with this similar when I was with uh, the Clippers when you feel like the team has done something wrong or hasn't had your best interest for an injury, I mean, either A, came back, didn't, didn't uh, evaluate the injury correctly, you never look at that team the same way. And I don't know if that's it. I think it is because of him um, shutting it down, having a second opinion, having his own doctors. Yeah, obviously the trainers uh, for the Spurs are, are in high regard, but just because they're in high regard, if, they, if he felt like they didn't have his best interest – he, he he came back from an injury, got hurt again, and then basically shut it down after that. Did his own doctors, did his own rehab. Uh, with that being said, is he's a once he's a once in a generation type talent. I mean, he's a top five defender, offensive player. I think they do offer him a supermax, and just because they offer him a supermax doesn't mean they trade him. Kawhi Leonard, when you put him on the open market, the Suns would give him the house. So with the Celtics, and I think we're the, those two teams. You would look out for them because they have picks and they have young stars that are proven. Popovich doesn't want to rebuild, and with those guys, you wouldn't have to rebuild because they have enough talent. You could you could win win right away. Um, but with that being said, I'd still see the Spurs offering them offering him the supermax. Okay, all right, Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns. Let me get you out of here on this one. Houston Rockets. Mike D'Antoni has one playoff series win in the last decade. Chris Paul has essentially flopped in the playoffs the last three years. One of them, he was injured. The other two, uh, he just didn't play well. And number three, James Harden, last year's final two games were a catastrophe against the Spurs. Does any of that mean anything heading into this postseason? None. None. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it none. None. Uh, the Rockets are for real. They're, they're for real because of their defense and, and, and the role players they add. That Luke Bamute injury is going to be key for them. Really? When they come... Yeah, because overall, uh, P.J. Tucker is one of my good friends. They psychologically believe they can beat the Warriors. That's half the battle. Half the league doesn't feel like they can beat the Warriors. And so they believe they can. Bamute, when it comes to the second unit, and they they basically switch one through five. And so when they have Bamute, Tucker, Ariza, Paul, they have four of the top 15 defenders in the league. And so they feel that they don't that, that the Warriors they can't. I mean, obviously they can score. They feel like they don't. They, they won't shoot a high enough percentage going one on one basketball. As you know, with Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, they feel like the only player that can score one on one consistently against them is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. 
They feel like the other three, that Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, and when they go one-on-one against these players, that percentage-wise, they won't be able to match up through a seven-game series in mm-hmm. scoring. They know it's going to be tough. They feel like with the home court advantage, but if they don't have Bahamute healthy to go against that second unit and to be able to switch screens, that means Ryan Anderson plays more. That means Joe Johnson, and they're not as lethal. Yes. Even though Bahamute can't score, defensively he's elite. How long so, is he out? I mean, I, the, the injury to me seems at least two rounds. He might come back. Wow. Let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, even if he comes back to that round, when you miss, you know, three to four weeks, can you think you can come into the playoff series? Like, like to Steph Curry, I know he's superhuman, and I know he's one of the best. Do you think that after being out a month that he can come in the mm-hmm. second round and be Steph Curry? I know he'll still be good. Yeah. And, if, and if he's not the same player or even 70%, when you play Houston, they're going to be vulnerable. Yeah. All right, great stuff. Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns. Jared, hopefully I'll see you at FS1 soon. Enjoy the playoffs, man. For sure. I'll be there, man. Thanks a lot. All right. That was Jared Dudley. Now, that that, that Luke Richard Baamute injury, we didn't really talk about that, did we, Nick? We didn't get into it. And that's an – listen, if you got to play Ryan Anderson, he can't defend any – he couldn't defend me. I'm serious. Ryan Anderson could not defend me, and he's like 6'8". What's he going to do against Clay, Steph on the switches? Very interesting note from Jared Dudley. Uh, All right, coming up next here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, playoff picks. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, the 2018 NBA playoffs tip off two and a half hours from now as Steve Kerr and the world champion Golden State Warriors host the San Antonio Spurs. That's why I'm excited to play these guys because uh, they're they're going to bring out the best in us or they're going to just completely expose us. One way or the other, that's probably a good thing for us. Hey, are you excited too, Coach Pop? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Trust me, he's excited too. At 5.30 Eastern, East number 1 seed Toronto hosts the Washington Wizards. At 8 p.m. Eastern, the Philadelphia 76ers closing the regular season on a 16-game winning streak host the Miami Heat. Tonight at 10.30 Eastern, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers take on Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans. Elsewhere, Mark Medina of the San Jose Mercury News reports that former Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale will interview for the Knicks and Suns head coaching jobs next week. Finally, in baseball, today's Yankees-Tigers game has been postponed due to weather. Where'd everybody go, Susan? It's been rescheduled as a split doubleheader tomorrow. The Twins game with the White Sox has been postponed because of weather as well. Jason, back to you. All right, thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. For a free rate quote, I want to quickly uh, we got we got some time here. I want to quickly run through the playoff brackets real quick um, before we get to an idea I had about how these playoffs will impact the postseason. Because I do want to remind you guys: last year at this time, we had no clue Paul George was going to say trade me. We had no clue Kyrie Irving was going to say trade me. We had no idea Chicago was going to deal Jimmy Butler. That's three big-time stars. And we also didn't know Chris Paul was going to shift the balance of power in the West by essentially uh, rejecting the Clippers' offer, which didn't include the fifth year, and say, trade me, get me out of here. So that's four big moves. We'll get to that in a second. I just want to quickly run through the first round. If there's an upset Nick... Okay, you got Toronto, Washington, Cleveland, Indiana, 
Philly, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee in the East. Jared Dudley said Milwaukee. I just don't think they're a smart enough team. You could be oh. Brad Stevens, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Hell, Terry Rozier's playing well. You got Al Hor. I think Boston could still win that season. Without Kyrie Irving, is that an upset? That's... I don't think that's even an upset without Kyrie. I think honest. Vegas still has Boston as the favorites. I'm okay. If, uh, that's my pick then, if that's technically an upset. So I don't really see anything Can else. Indiana take down LeBron? God, no. <laughs> Can on. Washington beat Toronto? See, no, but I think that's. A, I think that could be like a 6-7 gamer with Wall coming back and I, he's healthy. I, it would not shock me if Toronto yeah. loses that series. Oh, loses it. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I mean, listen, they're a good team, but this whole, like, their bench killed people in the regular season. In the postseason, the bench's minutes are going to shrink because you're going to play DeRozan, uh, Lowry. They're going to play like 38, 40, 41 minutes. Right. And LeBron, his minutes are going to go up as well. So this idea that like, oh, Indiana's, you know, they can hang. It's a tough sell. I think Indiana could win one, maybe two. One home game. That's all I'll give them. Uh, all right. Miami, the, one, the one to watch is Miami-Philly. Yes. Because unfortunately, I can see a scenario where Ben Simmons' first playoff game, some nerves— and Miami pulls off the upset. Then it's like, oh, shucks, we lost home court. When's Joel Embiid coming back? And then it, that gets dicey. If I'm if I'm betting on a series upset where you can plunk down some money on a dog and win some money, I would go number one, Washington, number two, Miami in the East. Uh, in the West, Nick, Lakers did not make the playoffs, but they won like 35 games. Hey, wait, I'm sorry. Who who said that they would make the playoffs? I said they would okay, make the playoffs. Just, all right, sorry. I do want to say I bet four over-unders, and I went 4-0. Clippers under, <laughs> Lakers over, Sixers over, Cavs under. The whole, yeah, you, okay. Remember, me and producer Rob, who's not here today, we actually, we nailed you for that whole Clippers-Philly thing, and you got it. So 100,000. I, I, I got it. I didn't think they'd win 51 games. I mean, this is unheard of. Uh, all right, quickly in the West, Houston, Minnesota. Any shot for the T-Wolves? No. No shot. None. No. They'll get one home game. That's about it. E- okay, so Jimmy Butler on James Harden, you don't think that could be a factor at all? No. He's kind of gimped up. No. Who's guarding Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah. I, look, Carl, like, they'll, they're, they're going to give him a run, okay? I'm not saying it's going to be a competitive game, so it's going to be a five-game series. Towns will do work. Butler will do what he can. Wiggins, I... You don't don't like Wiggins, man. So I did a list of the top 25 players under the age of 25. I thought it'd be a lot better. Yeah, I I did. And I would say unequivocally, people hate Andrew Wiggins more than anybody. The guy got $140 million for a reason. He can get buckets. I I don't understand why they don't like him. One quick note on this. So the Rockets crushed the Timberwolves in the regular season for nothing. None of the games are close. Timberwolves couldn't stop them. I think Thibodeau's going to get two games off Houston. That's my guess. All I think right. They win two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, th- I like Utah over OKC. Okay. Here, the yeah. one note I have here. So OKC won the season series 3-1. Regular season. Andre Roberson played in all the games. Now you've got no Roberson. You healthy Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell playing awesome basketball. And the Jazz are on fire. I think the Jazz win the series. If you're Russell Westbrook. Do you start to defer to Paul George saying, I got to keep him involved to keep him here? Because Paul George is now going to have to guard Donovan Mitchell. He's he's their best defender yeah. with Roberson out. So a lot of work for Paul George defensively. And then Russell Westbrook, is he going to be able to attack the rim with Rudy Gobert, the number one rim protector in the league, behind there? Or is he going to have to jack threes where he's 29%? No, he's not going to jack threes. Look, he, he, What's look. he going to hit mid-range jumpers? 
He he can, by the way. I know the numbers aren't great, but Jason, come on. It comes down to this. I know, like, it comes out to Donovan Mitchell, rookie, potential rookie of the year. Okay, I'm, coach, I'm coach, fine, that. fine. Let me counter. I'll see your Donovan Mitchell's a rookie and raise you Quinn Snyder's ten times the coach Billy Donovan is. Quinn Snyder. Uh-oh. He's really he could be a coach of the year. No, no, it's true. And you they lose up- Gordon Hayward, and, and they're still in the playoffs. They look, got better. Look. When it comes down to it, it comes down to Westbrook, Paul George, and Melo. I know I, I talk crap on Melo all the time on the show, but it comes down to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell against that. Hey, Thunder what about team. your guy it's, Jay it's Crowder? Jay Crowder? Jay, okay, that deep. Yes, Joe he's Ingles, good, but it's it's not enough to beat Is Dante Exum healthy. So, now? by the way, how many games, Jason? Are you, are you taking him in six? I'm I, I'm going to give you a name. You you've probably never seen this guy, Royce Neal. No. He's the best defender on Utah. He's going to come off the bench and just hound Westbrook. Okay, so in six. Utah in six? Utah in six. Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Portland, New Orleans. I'm not that excited about this series. I I, I can't. Uh, I'm Boring. going with Portland, but I can see New Orleans pulling the upset. And then Golden State. Give me five Golden State over the Spurs. Okay. What do you think? No, you, I, I got five. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't like upsets in the West uh, unless Utah, which isn't really an upset. Uh, we're not going to go deeper. But, okay, quickly before we go to break here, a scenario, okay? Milwaukee loses 4-1. They already fired their coach. Milwaukee looks awful. Jabari Parker looks awful. Do, do we pay Jabari Parker? Does Giannis, disillusioned and unhappy, go to management and say, guys, I know I got several years left. I, I, I sh- trade me because I'm not staying here long term. He should. Why, Will he? Why? Why would he stay in Milwaukee? What the hell is there in Milwaukee? Like things you just said with the players. There. I mean, dude, would Jabari you see Parker? the way the Sixers are on the rise? Uh, Boston's going to be getting Gordon Hayward back next year. They're going to be a 55-60 win team. Toronto not going anywhere. Indiana on the rise. I mean, Indiana lost Paul George, and is a higher seed than Milwaukee. What are the Bucks doing? I think Giannis. Could be, if Kawhi doesn't hold the Spurs hostage, I think Giannis could hold Milwaukee hostage. And, I know you don't think so, but if LeBron stays, then, I, I mean, don't hey, understand. I know, but just saying. The other one, Anthony Davis, that's the other one to watch. They weirdly played better late without Boogie. What if they don't get by Portland? Anthony Davis has zero playoff wins in his career. He's 25 now. I know he's still got a, years. Does he ask for a trade? He's been in the league a while now. People don't realize that. I would say those are the two series to watch. Keep an eye on Milwaukee and New Orleans. If they get dusted, this offseason could get really friggin' exciting. All right, the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming up next. Uh, we've got a landing spot, potentially, for Des Bryant that nobody's talking about. We'll offer that next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Granger. Brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fun show, podcast as usual will be up within an hour or so on social media. I keep forgetting to put it on Facebook, but I will remember this week, folks. Uh, anybody going to Coachella out there? It's so funny. You go on Instagram today. And it's just relentless videos from Coachella, which, you know, I'm not one of these fear of missing out guys, but damn, some of these parties look pretty lit. I got to say, if you follow the right people on Instagram, it looks like a a good time at Coachella. So earlier in the show, we were talking about Des Bryant 
destinations after the Cowboys cut him. And I, I think if he wants to stay in division, go to Philly. They lost Torrey Smith. They have Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. I don't know if Philly has the money to afford Des. I think the Patriots could be in play. A one-year show-me incentive-laden deal. I don't know that Des would go for that. But again, Des doesn't have many options now because the Cowboys waited so late to cut him. Let's go to Nick, a fan of a team in the AFC who has a theory on Des Bryant. Nick, take it away. Yeah, as a sad, lonely Chargers fan of only about, what, a dozen around here in L.A.? (laughs) So, Jason, there's a quote-unquote fight for L.A. tagline around here. Who do you think is winning that one? Rams. And it's, it's like... The biggest blowout you can imagine. And the Lakers are going to get LeBron and Paul George further pushing like, the dude, Chargers down the people, list. So, Jason, you know there's MLS, who cares? But, like, Jason, there's a lot of people who said the LA, there's a new MLS team, LAFC, who's more popular than the Chargers. No, you no, know that, what? that's the team with Zoltan, right? No, no, no. No, that's no, no. not? Ibrahimovic. Ibra- uh, Ibra- Ibra- no, he went to the Galaxy. Galaxy, okay. But, so the L- LAFC is the new um, the new team around here. And there's a lot of people saying that they're more popular, Very than, popular than the Chargers. Very popular, It's not insane. So, Jason, what about this? What about, and I'm not as a mm, Charger fan, grew up a Rams fan, it's getting harder, but as a Charger fan, what I'm not saying I want this, but Des Bryant, the, like Chargers getting beat up in the you know, quote-unquote fight for L.A., which is kind of a losing battle to begin with. But, Jason, they need something here. And I know Steve Hartman, who's coming in next, has already ripped me for this. They have <sighs> Keenan Allen, right? So Keenan Allen is a top 10 at receiver. Least, at least Keenan top Allen's 10. Keenan Allen's a stud. He's, when he's healthy, when he's he, almost top he five. Not, not top five, but he's almost top five. So they also, last year, even though he got hurt in the preseason, their first-round pick, Mike Williams, is supposed to be a stud in the Clemson. league. Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, go watch the tape against Alabama, that title game two years ago. He was nasty. Dude's a stud. So yeah. now here's the thing. Now, I think Des Bryant came out and said he doesn't want to play slot. I'm not sure. I need to look that up again. But I don't think he's not, he's not really a slot guy. So the question is, a lot of Chargers, you know, all, you know, I think I'm one of a dozen. So, you know, about eight other Chargers fans don't want Des Bryant. If he takes a pay cut. Now, he has a $12.5 million base salary right now. Chargers shouldn't pay him that much. No, but no. If, he, if he takes like a pay cut, you know, like eight to, I don't know if you Okay, do so it. then like you would have Keenan Allen, who's been hurt. You'd have Mike Williams, who's been hurt. Mike, yeah. And is Terrell Williams still on the team? Yes, Tyrell Williams is still on the team. Okay, so also, Travis Benjamin, who's not there. a slouch. Yeah. But from a, now, I don't know that he's going to sell tickets, but from an well, interest standpoint, people are going to certainly. Look at like oh Des Bryant Chargers. There's something there. There's something there rather than just you know looking at the team who has the Rams who made all the offseason moves, all the trades, who have all the flash, who went to the playoffs last year. Chargers in normal fashion faltered getting into the playoffs when they should have. So I mean I just think they need more. Hey, if they want ticket sales, I think getting Des Bryant not what not the price that he wants, but if you get him at a decent price when other receivers get hurt all the time, I think it's not a bad look. Well, the idea—I forgot about Mike Williams, the kid they drafted. So, it's an insurance policy. It would allow you to go heavier passing. Look, I just think like it, if if, if I like Hunter Henry, go, I like the tight end Hunter Henry. Oh yeah, he's good. But yeah, you he, would be giving Phil Rivers a ton of options. And here's the thing: Rivers makes guys better. Like seriously, I know he's had Antonio Gates, but seriously, what's a great wide receiver Rivers has had? He made Vincent Jackson. Like, he's never had a great wide receiver. That's and I a good think he, point, because Vincent Jackson went to the Bucks and was nothing. Right. So I just think with Des Bryant, who still has game left, 
I like that combination, potentially. I, you know, that's not awful. And and the Chargers, I like them as a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. No joke. Oh, folks. all right. Pa- listen, it's the Patriots, the Steelers, the Jaguars, and who else? Tell me Go Chargers, go. The Buffalo Bills lost their quarterback. They had made the playoffs. They ain't making the playoffs again. Um, who else made the play? Kansas City Chiefs made the playoffs. They lost their quarterback. I like Mahomes, though, but. I don't know. Playoffs? I don't know. All right, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Good stuff, Ryan. Good stuff, Nick. Good stuff, Iowa Sam. Uh, the podcast will be up later. Again, my three-team teaser special today in the NBA playoffs. Wizards, Heat, Spurs. Good luck, everybody. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.